Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with entrepreneurial attorney Matthew Davis. He is an attorney and an entrepreneur that led his solely owned firm, David Business Law, through over a thousand percent growth over six years, making it one of the very rare law firms ever to make the Inc. 5,000 list. With over 25 years of experience helping business leaders with their legal and entrepreneurial matters, he now teaches them how to deal with their vulnerabilities so that they can capitalize on their opportunities through his firm's proprietary, strong, protected business system. Enjoy this interview. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Hi, where are you? I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be there next uh, this weekend. So, Oh, good. A little bit. Um, I guess I guess I got to come up Thursday. I have a hearing there. Okay. And then um, on Friday, and I'm related to half of Kansas City because <laughs> my my mother is from Atchison and has 51 first cousins. Oh, <laughs> I I was just talking to somebody from Ireland, and my dad's full blooded Italian, but I'm like 30 percent Irish. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking talk about how proficient. And how prolific the Irish blood is. So it sounds like that's what you got going on in Kansas City with that many cousins. Yeah, yeah. We're not even Catholic. Um, yeah, my <laughs> Irish ancestors came to Atchison County in 1852. Yeah. And wow. so, yeah. That's wonderful. So yeah. where are you at right now? I live in Oklahoma. I live in Enid. Which okay. Is, I tell my Kansas and Missouri friends, it's like, like at least Kansas friends, it's like living in Salina. Okay. And, and it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of back and forth between Enid and Atchison because of Pillsbury. So I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I know about Enid when I was my, one of my first jobs, when I got out of school, I did graphic design and it work for a home health agency. And they had a big hospital down there that was a part of one of their contracts. Okay. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember what it was. It's been so long ago, but I remember those guys used to always go down to Enid. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, we enjoyed living here and, uh, you know, we don't do anything here. We just run the company out of here and, you know, we don't do any legal work to, to speak of out of here. Not much anyway. Sure. And, you know, our big markets are Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Dallas, and, and so on. Wonderful. I always love interviewing and talking to lawyers and attorneys. You guys are always on it. You guys are always you you are you got you guys are like the energizer bunny for the for the professional world you're you're 99 percent of you are always smart well-read well-spoken you're and you're always on it you, you're not tired you're you're just you're boom i love it well that's because we're all suffering from adrenaline overload from the <laughs> yes, fight, fight. You, <laughs> you most certainly are Man, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. And before we get into your work and your world, what you do, you know, we all went through the ultimate adrenaline rush, which was COVID. How did you survive those three years? And how has it changed the way that you do things now? We didn't give a crap. Yeah. I I read the New York City health statistics like two weeks after, or within, you know, within the first few days of the the start of the pandemic and i said look this is killing old people and fat people right and if you're not old and fat you're probably going to be okay there's going to be exceptions to the rule but it's not worth shutting down on i had i called the bullshit early on on the whole thing 
You know, that's the thing. I remember I, I had a little incident in March of that year, late March, and I cut my finger and I had to go get stitches. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this uh, I'm in this ER room and there's this hardcore muscled up ER doctor that was getting ready to go to Peru to climb a mountain. And I'm like, dude, just set me straight on this. What's up? And he said exactly what you said. It's going to be the infirmed. It's going to be the unhealthy. It's going to be that population that this is going to ravage. But at the end of the day, my day job is as an IT guy in a school district. I'm like a plumber. I'm around germs all the time. And one way or another, if we sterilize and stagnate ourselves from not being exposed to this, and, and we were all going to get it one way or another, whether we knew we had it or not, it's yeah. just something that's going to go through the population. Yeah, it's the circle of life, Simba. Yeah, right. It certainly is. So let's get to the exact essence. I mean, there's one thing about what you do that's on paper, but tell me. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? We help people who are running companies make smart business decisions and protect their companies. That's what we do. So yeah. you're probably really active. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, and we're, you know, we help small businesses. Most of the law firms are, are hustling for the big guys. And we're, you know, we love helping people build their dreams. That's what we do. You know, we, we help them protect it. We help them make smart decisions. And it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. So what would, what did you want to be in the third grade? What did you, what was your dream to grow up and become? Um, I don't remember, but I do remember at sixth grade graduation, I said archaeologist. I see a guitar back there too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's this is a cool one. This is a, a that's a, a sixty one Gibson that wow. I found at the pawn shop for seven hundred dollars. And um, pretty nice little guitar. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good little guitar. Man that alive, is, that's good looking for sure. So, you know, there all of these things that have become who you are start in childhood. Tell me where you were born and raised, and how did these seeds get in you? To, to not only be, get into law, but to be curious. You obviously have a thirst for knowledge. How did that happen? Um, I was, uh, you know, I was born here in Enid. And, um, you know, if, if you're looking for formative influences, obviously my mother, um, my father had a land title company, but just kind of piddled through life. And he'd have told you that too. My mom decided she was going to be a doctor when she was 13. So that would have been, what, about 1950, 49 anyway. And she was the only woman in her med school class and um, ended up doing a residency at Barnes over in St. Louis. You've driven past it. And um, then they, she and my father moved back here. And, you know, mom was just, you know, hardcore. She was always, you know, taking care of everybody. And just didn't suffer fools and was, and you know, was also really one of the pioneers of breast cancer screening um, in the sense that, you know, as I've had a professional career here and I used to practice a lot here and, and, and I've lived here for 25, 27 years, she, you know, people come up to me all the time. Hey, your mom saved my life or your mom saved my wife's life um, or my mom's life. Or all the time, your mom delivered me. My kids still laugh about that. You know, people are always telling them, your grandma delivered me. And my kids are just like, what the hell? <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, but, you know, we're, you know, we're, 
I, I come from a very take care of business sort of family. And, you know, we, you know, we, and then, you know, on my dad's side, granddad, great granddad sent everybody into town and told them to become doctors and lawyers or such, you know, presaging Willie Nelson. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, that's the background. And then I had a midlife crisis and we just took the show on the road. Okay. All right. So talk to me a little bit about what is your motivation? Every day you have things that you want to do. You want to, you know, help companies, but what is the ultimate motivator for you? You know, I, I love seeing people become successful and, and just, you know, our, our first core value, and this is internal and external, um, is believe and protect their dreams. You know, as, as a lawyer, our main job is helping people deal with vulnerabilities, either prospectively or if they're an active vulnerability, which is called a case or a problem, right? And I love seeing people become successful and and, and change their lives and change their family trajectories. I, I tell several stories about that. I've got one guy's farm kid from out here in one of the little towns. And, um, you know, it's like, I never thought I'd you know, do much of anything with, heck, he owns the dang town now. You know, I'm exaggerating, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And, you know, we just had one of our clients um, who figured out that there was a lithium in um, some of the saltwater brine in an old oil field in South Arkansas. We just sold that for over a hundred million dollars. Wow. You know, that's a pretty good day at the races. And, uh, you know, it's it's really fun to take these these businesses and you know use our knowledge as lawyers and and use it prospectively to help them make smart business decisions so they can go on and have success. And you know, that's a large part of what the country's built on is having people that know how to run businesses that stay in the opportunity zone that aren't over here dealing with problems. And it's cool and it's fun and and we're, you know, we love to work with ambitious business owners. And it's, it's, it, it makes for an enthusiastic tribe of lawyers. And it makes them sticky with us because they're having fun because of who we're getting to work with. So who, who would you consider a hero in your life? Oh, it's always Will Rogers. You know, I'm an Okie. So, you know, <laughs> Okies just love Will Rogers because Will Rogers was just common and smart and clever and had a very incisive way of cutting through the bullshit and pretense of life. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? Me? Yeah. I mean, I like what I do. What the hell? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, there's there's some great business leaders in this country. Um, my wife's enthusiastic about Elon Musk. She's, she's kind of a hippie. So she's thinks Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is interesting. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I kind of live my life. I don't have TV. Um, so I, I just don't pay attention to many other people's lives in, in that regard, if that makes sense. So, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, you know, say that I'm awesome or something. I just, I do my own damn thing. No, I love it. I, I dig it. And that's a great answer. Let, if you could witness any event in human history firsthand, what would you love to have seen? Oh, I would have loved to have seen the, the surrender at Stalingrad when 
you know, when the the Russians, you know, now, now the Russians aren't too popular now, but, you know, but for that battle, um, a lot of, a lot of Europe would be speaking German right now. Yeah, for sure. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into a 20 year old version of yourself and you could give that version of you a piece of advice. What would you tell that version? Yeah, I might've started my business earlier. Um, I might have learned to think about the law. Um, I probably could have done it 10 years earlier, maybe, but, um, you know, I've learned a lot along the way and it's, uh, really helped to make me a good leader of the tribe. So of all the clients and experiences you've had as a businessman, what's what's one of them? And I know there's confidentiality, but in vague, ambiguous ways, what's one that always puts a smile on your face? Um, I wrote about this in The Art of Preventing Stupid, and it's when I helped the client I referenced, um, you know, just go out and get enough insurance for their company. And that to me stands out as one of the points when I realized how much, I realized two things, how much knowledge that we have as attorneys um, that can help people. And frankly, you know, how much of an obligation we have to share it and to make it available rather than to hold our cards right here. Here's our cards, right? And um, and wait for them to get in problems. Because one thing we do better than 99% of the law firms I know, I don't know if anybody does it better, there may be out there, is you know getting information out to our clients. You know, We've got first book, The Art of Preventing Stupid. I'm getting ready to do the next one. We've got a strong protected business checklist which is like, hey, here's the list of what gets everybody in trouble. Let's get it out there. And by the way, there's also an explanatory section to it of this is why you ought to be worried about this. So of all of the things that you've done up to this point as a professional, what are you the proudest of? I'm, uh, I think I'm kind of proud of of building this company and and going out and and building the team of lawyers that we have and really identifying um, who, who can help entrepreneurs in a good way and figuring out those characteristics and, um, and then knowing how to hunt them out. Because, you know, my, our ad, when we go recruiting for lawyers, uh, 90% of them think is completely bonkers. Because, you know, most law firm ads read like, hey, would you like to wear a gray suit and be a douchebag to humanity and work for, you know, prestigious law firm? And and ours is like, hey, we would you actually like to help people and use your professional skills to make other people's lives better? And by the way, we don't hire any Eeyores. And, you know, it's it's actually a human ad because, um at the end of the day, there's, you know, it's it's a serious profession. Don't think I don't get that. But it's also a profession that's just full of kind of an obnoxious pretense. And we don't do that. At the end of the day, our clients need a service. They need advice. And, you know, if you want to get right down to it, in some ways, we're just plumbers pushing paper. 
Okay. Well, let's get to the human element here of you. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, I, I really have a good understanding of the law business and the strategy of it and of cases. Um, and, and I'm, you know, and that, you know, that experience plus, oh, here's your answer. I have a theory in life called misfit theory. And, um, the, here's the basics of the theory. 5% of the world are mean jerks. Now there's a selection bias of them going into the law business. And, and, and then I just spoke in front of a bunch of lawyers and they were all nodding their heads when I said that. And then 10% of the people are nice, cool. 85% of us really self-identify as misfits, but the misfits kind of don't like to stand up and they just kind of think that they're weird and, and, and curious people, which, you know, I am. And, um, but, you know, what that does is by default, the mean jerks tend to, you know, have the will to power. And we just, and I, I talk about misfit theory all the time, but I didn't talk about it to a new attorney we hired in Tulsa. And she said to me the other day, um, she goes, I'm so happy that this is just like a, a band of misfits that all is very high functioning and works together. And, um, and, and so, you know, I'm that, that, that's, that's who we are, you know, we're, we, and, and we're, you know, very tribal about who we go hire. So let me ask you this as someone that looks at human behavior and, and helps people, do you have hope for humanity? Um, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I think we're suffering through some contagions right now. And I, I think the West has kind of lost its way. Um, you know, I'm, I was just in DC and I was talking to a bunch of Ethiopians, which, um, they're kind of my tribe too, because my, my baby, the fifth child is from Ethiopia. So I'll go up to Ethiopians and say salam. And they're just like, what's this white boy talking to us in our language with? And um it just kind of I know enough Amaric that they're just like, what the and <laughs> and you know it's so cool to see what they're doing in, in DC. And um you know I I I have a lot of hope for for them and um but yeah, we've got to get some stuff straightened out in this country. <laughs> we certainly do. Matt, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, anything about your world, where can they go? DavisBusinessLaw.com. Matt, you're a great man. Thank you so much for opening up. I love your story. I love your spirit. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks. It was semi, fun. Semi best to Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 here. We're 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 having fun down here. It's nice I, to be back. I love it, man. Enjoy Kansas City. Enjoy the trip. Okay, yeah, I'll see you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music.